I can get apples at the local grocer. All right. Uh, there are no supply chain issues with apples, believe it or not. No problem. I'll get my own apple. Uh, apple number four, worst Halloween trick or treat handout. What's your number four, Sundance? Uh, glad to know that this supply chain uh, issue across the country it doesn't is extend not, to produce like that. Mass produced produce. <laughs> I've got apples produce. growing in my back door. And we are live. Let's go. This is the Dos Padres podcast. I'm Major J. That's the Sundance Kid. He's here covering all things in the Boston sports scene with plenty of other fun and antics mixed in along the way. And yet another jam-packed show for you folks this week. Uh, We've unfortunately got to talk a little bit about the Red Sox. Knocked out of the LCS by the Astros. Not going to spend too much time on that. We have uh, plenty of time in the offseason to talk about the Sox. Um, we are, however, going to be pulling in a special guest this week, Sundance. We're welcoming Matt Kanata, founder and CEO of ProFootballNetwork.com. He's going to be joining us for a little bit, talk a little football, a um, little Miami Dolphins, one of our Patriots arch rivals in the division. Uh, then we'll move on. We'll talk about the Pats, their lambasting of the Jets last week. Good to see Rolling right into a tough matchup with the Chargers in L.A. this weekend. Uh, we've got another Fantasy Five segment, uh, another round of NFL picks, uh, one of our favorites. And then we are doubling down on the Halloween theme from last week. This week we're going into another top five, this time our worst trick-or-treating handouts. That should be a fun one. Sundance, how you feeling? And as always, what you sipping on tonight? All right, so uh, sipping on uh, the libation of our forefathers, some good old-fashioned tea, uh, the uh, wonderful uh, New England seasonal allergies slash uh, cold is, is, is on the heels right now. So let's try to fend that off with some good old-fashioned hot tea. Uh, I am feeling pretty good. Uh Certainly disappointed. The team would say otherwise. You're, you're feeling I, okay? I, that's why I led off with otherwise. I'm feeling pretty good. Right. Um, it was disappointing to see our socks knocked out of contention. Uh, as you indicated, we've got plenty of time to, you know, dive into the socks offseason. And there will be a lot there to go into. Uh, yeah. um, I, was, I was pretty stoked to see that uh, Coach Belichick heated – my expectations last week and dropped a 50 burger on the N Y J not, not uh, his, just 30, not the 30 you wanted. He said, you know 30. what Sundance, I'm going to see your 30. I'm going to raise you another 20. Yep. Yep. Big game, yeah. huge game for the past. They needed it. Um, our Celtics, they've won a couple of games. They've lost a few. So, uh, you know, we'll touch on them lightly and, and certainly start to work them in. Right. Um, and I got to get up on my my Bruins knowledge. Uh, I know we won't go too much into depth on, on Bruins coverage here. We'll work them in where we can. Um, otherwise, I'm feeling pretty good. You, you know, the Sox were an underdog going into the season. They showed well. And the Patriots proved last week that they're not dead. 
What say you, Major J? Oh, well, since you ask, I am sipping on, first off, some water. Uh, not Aquafina, since wow. we still have not established that partnership yet. Still yeah. waiting on that. Uh, as well as a hard smoothie. Oh. The, the, the name escapes me at the moment. Eagle something from Wisconsin. It is mango pina colada. Um, yeah. It's essentially like a malt beverage, but flavored really? like a smoothie. Yeah, it's actually, uh, well, sour but delicious. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, I've been dabbling these a little bit lately, and they're 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 tasty and they're tasty. Um, yeah, but like you like you just said, you know, socks disappointing. Um, obviously you're blowing. I don't want to say blowing, but essentially had a two-one lead in that series. Bats were were on fire. Then the last three games, they went absolutely silent. Which you could just see just an unfortunate that you know that's the unfortunate way things go in baseball. Sometimes you're hot, then you're not. It's it's unfortunate, but you know, all in all, season was was a success. Uh, as we said earlier, we're, we're going to be we're not going to be touching too much on that tonight. We'll be delving into a an off season recap in the future, as well as kind of a hot stove off season primer as well. Uh, as well as we'll be getting some Celtics coverage in as we move into the uh, the baseball off season. Uh, Celtics have started off a little up and down. Um, won't get too much into it here, but I'm already feeling shades of, of anger uh, like I have uh, seasons past in terms of just the up and down nature and not, not knowing what to expect of this team. Uh, uh, hey, get in line on that one. Uh, you you got to yeah, get in line behind I, Coach Udoka, who doesn't mind putting it out there uh, when the team falls flat. Um, I do like that about this Celtics coach. Uh, I did not know much about him coming into this season. No. Um, boy, he is – he is direct. I mean, he is yeah. he is a Celtics beat writer's dream because oh, when, they're gonna have fun with him. Yeah, when when the Celtics do not show up, he is not going to sugarcoat it. He and and I, I'll tell you what I'm waiting for <laughs> is when he starts calling guys out directly. And and I he doesn't seem like the type of coach to pull any, any punches punch. at right. any point. So this is gonna be a fun Celtics season. Yeah, agree. You know this this team. He, I mean, he flat out they came out and laid an egg in their home opener last Friday against Toronto, losing by about thirty. And flat out said they got punked, which I think is fantastic. He flat out said we got punked on the floor. I mean, you, you really couldn't put it any better. Um, and he was right when you lose by thirty to a, to a, what's regarded as not a good Toronto team at home. You got punked. I mean, I get it. It's the beginning of the season. Things have to gel. They've got parts, etc. Overall, very excited about the Tatum uh, Jalen Brown. Duo, I do think this is a year the two of them really elevate themselves up to being talked about as, as one of the top duos in the league. But again, we can hash it out. Bruins also had a decent start. They're three and two. A uh, bit of a come to Jesus moment last night, uh, losing to undefeated Florida. They're going to have some, I think there's going to be some goaltending problems potentially throughout the season, which we'll be talking about. Uh, that's a bit of a primer as well for a future Dr. Geary spot topic is talking about Tuka Rask, his hip surgery, what, you know, what that looks like in terms of potentially him coming back later in the season, should he decide to play. But enough of that. Uh, we will actually now move on. We are going to be bringing on Mr. Matt Kanata, founder and CEO of profootballnetwork.com. Matt, how are you, sir? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad All to right. be here. All right. So, yeah, just just to start, if you want to just uh, introduce yourself, give a little background on um, 
how Pro Football Network came to be, et cetera? For sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I won't go total, but, but basically, the, bridge version is basically fine. the genesis, it's funny you say bridge because it involves a bridge, but basically <laughs> the genesis of it is, is because the dolphins are, are so terrible. And uh, for, for such a long time, I had to run my own dolphins fan site and did dolphins podcast for SB nation for, for several years. And uh, mm-hmm. me and my co-host were at a game Bengals versus dolphins. And and the Dolphins were up the entire game until the fourth quarter, and we were went to Cincinnati for the game, so it's even worse because it's an away game. Ugh. Dolphins totally collapsed, and this was the end of the Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gase era in Miami from that point. Ooh. And uh, we're sitting, we're sitting in the parking lot after the game. We're like, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we cover this, this team that is just so terrible year after year, and and just be miserable about it because we have to cover them every single day. And so stupid us says, well, let's cover all 32 teams, right? Why not? Let's see. Let's see if, let's see if 31 other fan bases are as toxic as the Dolphins. And, and one thing led to another, we started it and I, I almost quit six weeks into it. Obviously at that time, nobody was getting paid. Nobody was doing, you know, anything right. me and me and the guy who started it. And then the other guy who joined in with us, we were editing, you know, six, seven articles a night. We're like, what are we doing? And I said, wow. to that, listen, let's just close up shop. You know, what are we doing? He goes, no, we're not. And I'm glad he said that because today we have 20 full-time staff um, here at Pro Football Network. We have 17 in the United States, two in the UK, one in Canada. And, uh, you know, we're just a booming, booming company right now, averaging over 5 million users a month that come to our website. And we're expanding to different multimedia platforms. And so, so the growth we've seen has been explosive. And obviously that's a really short history of how we've come to be, but that's how it started as a Dolphins fan. And, um, you know, I'm still a little bit of a Dolphins fan, but I have to be covering, <laughs> covering 32 teams. It's yeah. a little more like work these days on Sundays and so forth. And, and it takes the fandom out of you because you have to just focus on the entire league and just keep moving well, on. Your day. I'd imagine the Adam Gase experience would take some of the fandom out of you. Adam well. Gase. That's tough, to, tough to get back. The um, Adam Gase, the Joel Philbin, the Cam Cameron. The, uh, right, just the, 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 the list goes on and on. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't stop. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned um, as far as uh, the website kind of kind of blowing up. I, I did notice, uh, admittedly, I didn't notice until recently, like you even have, like, I know you have Tony Pauline in terms of, as far as, as, far as contributing um, mm-hmm. with the, the, the college football stuff. Yeah. I noticed the, the Trey Wingo, uh, like that's, that's some legit names there you've got. Like, how did you go about uh, incorporating, uh, you know, those guys kind of into the fold? Yeah, no, Tony, God bless him. He was the first guy to take a chance on us. And I had I had kind of met him virtually through through doing the podcast for the Dolphins. He had been on the uh, podcast a few times. And it was always a big name in the industry. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to shoot my shot one day and try to get him on the Dolphins podcast. And he was like, yeah, sure, why not? So we had him on, gave us a lot of good information. And then when I started the site, we're like, you know, we need someone. We need a bigger name. We need to do something right. to start somewhere. Like, let's start with the draft. And so I reached out to Tony and said, hey, Tony, you remember me and this and that? And he says, yeah, of course I remember you. Uh, one thing led to another, and, and we signed a contract. It's funny because not like we're we're paying him a ton of money at the time, but we're paying him a decent amount of money. And, right. and the, the five owners in the company, me and the four others who started this thing, we were uh, we had no money to our names, right? right. We all put in like $1,000 each. So we had like $5,000 to start the site. We signed Tony to a contract. Obviously, he's making more than 5 k off of us. And he's, he's due to start in September, and I think we signed a deal like in April or May. 
we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> this was early 2019. And, uh, we're you like, signed a contract too, so you're like, this really needs to work out. We're yeah. like, we have no idea how we're going to pay this guy, but worst comes to worst, we'll just pay him ourselves and then call it a day after a year. But uh, you know, it was it was funny because he was scheduled to start in two weeks in September, and it's mid August. I'm like, guys, we have to do something. And I'm like, let's throw ads up on the site. So like, go through Google Ads, we're throwing up ads on the site. No idea what we're doing, just like throwing them anywhere and here and there. And it's, it's crazy. Um, and because it was September, right? Draft season wasn't big yet, and so he's doing these articles and like it's not getting a ton of traction. We're like, oh shit, did we make a mistake here? And then as and then he then he broke this big story with Laramie Tunsil, right? And that kind of right. put us on the map with him. And every single media outlet, Pro Football Talk called us out, the, the big names, and we were so young at the time. Um, and, and we were breaking this story. And I remember the Dolphins called us out as well indirectly through the Miami Herald, and they said, you know, they denied all the reports. And then, of course, everyone came and attacked us and said <laughs> the last thing you, you need in, your, in the infancy of, 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 of the site yeah. i have a story i don't know how long i have on this podcast but i have a story i want to get we'll make to. time for you as yeah. long as you want yeah so we we broke the story first on twitter and, and i remember i was at the bar with my cousins it was like 10 o'clock at night on a friday night and and i'm out he calls me up he says matt you need to call me and i call him up on his phone <laughs> he's like listen here's what i'm hearing we need to report this but i can't put my name on it just yet so I tweeted out from the PFN account. We have like 3,000, 4,000 followers at this time. Nothing big. It's September, August 2019. And you know, I tweeted out. Things start blowing up. He calls me again. And he says, man, then he started to email me. And I'm like, you know, what? I just need to call this guy or text this guy and just figure out something. So I text him. And, of course, I get the, I get the thing back. This number is a landline. So then I'm thinking, like, what the? Well, who am I talking to right now? Let's not have a <laughs> cell phone. has a landline, right? <laughs> And so, you know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to let this loud bar with music blaring and I'm trying to break this story on Pro Football Network. My cousins are yelling me because I'm on, on my phone the entire night right. and not paying attention to them or, or doing anything. Yeah. I'm like, listen, guys, just chill. And so we, we break that and then we break it. We break some more information the next day. And then when a few days go by, we break some more information. And then it's it's a Friday. It's a Friday night. And uh, a reporter from the Dolphins, not the Dolphins organization, but a beat reporter down in Miami, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, someone who I've had interactions with in the past, messages me and says, listen, we heard the same thing about Laramie Thompson, but we didn't report it because it was so crazy. Right. If you, if Tony puts his name on this, we will report it in our paper tomorrow morning, which was Saturday right. morning. Which realizes it, yeah. Right. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. So I go to Tony and say, hey, and Tony had a relationship with this guy too. And so, and I said, Tony, such and such says, if you put your name on it, they're going to put the story in the paper. They're going to credit us and they're going to say, this is true. It's a huge paper down in, down in Miami. Yep. And so Tony's like, all right, let's do it. So we get back to the guy. We're like, listen, we're going to put out a, a tweet. We're going to put out a story tonight that puts Tony's name on this report. And he says, great, let's do it. And so we put it out and everything, I, I think everything's fine. And I remember to this day, I'm sitting on my deck at home and I'm just refreshing this, this newspaper page to see when the story comes out. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. It comes up. I click on it. And the very first paragraph, it's like the Miami Dolphins have released a statement saying that they're not actively trading Laramie Tonsil. He's not on the trade bar, trade trade uh, trade block, and this report is false. And my, I, I literally just like pushed something yeah. across the table, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then buried down lower in the article was like, one line about pro football network Ugh. reporting this but the dolphins are saying this right 
And how did I, Tony? How did Tony react to Tony that was, once? Tony was pissed. I yeah. Was pissed. And I go to the guy I'm like, he what put his neck hell? out on that, and yeah. I, yeah, I go, what the hell? And he goes, hey, the Dolphins reached out to us this morning, and we have to put it in. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't have to put it in. And then a week goes by, and this whole week, everyone's just blasting us. You know, once the Dolphins brought the statement, everyone's like, what a joke you are. You know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to make up these stories for clout, for for clicks, right. and so forth. And then uh, the next Saturday, I'm we're ready to start my fantasy draft, and my cousin's house again and then i get the, the message on my phone larry tonsil's been traded to the texans and i'm like yeah and you're like retweet you immediately yeah. start blasting uh, I, I, I put the kermit the frog drink um uh, <laughs> but that's the moment that's the moment actually yeah. where my fandom started to leave for, for the dolphins because really? at that point it was you know what it's a stupid it's move to trade him but for the right. sake of my company I hope it happens because that gives us legitimacy. Yeah. And, and you say you took it personally, the whole, that whole chain of events, you start taking it more personally and then it's hard to separate yeah. at that point. Yeah, wow. absolutely. That's, and so, you know, Tony, Tony's been fantastic. He, he obviously does the draft stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he's such a good insider. We're actually tomorrow. I think we're dropping a huge story on the jets. It's, it's a little bit of a, it's an explosive one. I think uh, really? a lot of dysfunction going on in that locker room. We're going to kind of open the doors on it. Oh, you don't say yeah imagine that the jets dysfunction yeah he's talked to eight to ten people within the organization talked to a few players and so there's some things going on there that uh he's just tidying up so we're hoping to release that tomorrow but uh, he's great with inside information he's great with the draft and then trey wingo yeah we we listen we we saw i think it was on like thanksgiving night one night that he wasn't being renewed by espn right yeah go to my other part i'm like text i'm not texting but tweet tweet at him see what he says And we tweeted like, "Hey Trey, come to PFN." Obviously, not expecting a damn thing right. in the world. And then my partner Bray, he's like, "Well, it's, who's his agent?" And we found his agent, and we tweeted it as agent. Hey Jim, uh, have Trey come to PFN. And then, like, literally the next morning, there's a DM from Jim in our inbox, and he's wow. like, "I appreciate, I appreciate you guys reaching out, right. but uh, I, I don't see any reason why Trey would want to join you guys, right?" But he goes, "We'll, <laughs> we'll take the call out of courtesy." Sure. We'll right. Take a courtesy call. You never respect, know. Respect right? to respect it. Yeah. So, so we did the call. We did a few calls with with Jim's agent, and then I guess they were impressed. <laughs> and then we kind of the fact that they even took the calls, even despite yeah. that they still and, open and the calls. And then we took a call with Trey. We took a call with Trey like like three two months later. The negotiations started Thanksgiving. They wrapped up probably in March, uh, wow. beginning of March. And then you know those were those were grueling negotiations. Obviously, he's working oh, yeah. with a professional agent, right. and, and we're just working by ourselves. But we ended up bringing in a lawyer to help us along with that. And and Trey's been good. Trey brings a lot of credibility. The, the names bring a lot of credibility. Absolutely. But we Absolutely. also have a lot of people behind the scenes who work full time that just keep the keep the engine running. Yeah, man, that's 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 crazy. All right. Appreciate the background there, Matt. We're, we're going to get into some uh, – some Nancy and I have talked about this. We, we want to get into some some Miami Dolphins talk here. You yeah. Know, one, one, of the, one of the Pats' rivals, obviously, in the AFC East. Um, Sundance, what, what, do you, what do you got for Matt here? Matt, we're, we're approaching dumpster fire level with, with the Dolphins. What, in, in your estimation, what you're hearing, um, even from a little sliver of your fandom, from what you've seen, what's the number one issue – plaguing the dolphins right now it's 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 a lot right it's a it's a gm who's really messed up quite a bit Mm -hmm. who has not taken advantage of all the picks that he's gotten Mm -hmm. Um, i think he's built the team the right way 
I think fans agree that he's tried to build the team the right way. He's just picked the wrong players, right? He, right. He's built from the trenches. He's tried to revamp the offensive line, but there's just been too many questionable uh, picks there and too many mistakes. I think you have a GM and a head coach who aren't seeing eye to eye right now. And I think there's some dysfunction there. You have the pursuit of Deshaun Watson. You have a half the people in the organization from what we've reported, from what Tony Pauling's reported, that have given up on Tua Tunga Bailoa. And, and it's Already. crazy to think, right? It's crazy to think the guy has not even played a full 16 games. And some of the organization are willing to give up on him. Now, I will say we have heard reports of kind of some off-field stuff with Tua and nothing bad at all, like nothing criminal, right. nothing. Nothing negative, but more so about his personality and, mm -hmm. and not being that kind of like true leader that, that people would hope the QB would mm -hmm. be, right? Not being able to to be behind the scenes in a locker room, rally guys together and and, and be that be that face of the franchise that people want to gravitate to. So we think that's coming a little bit from there. And then of course there's the whole uh Monday morning QB situation where you know you didn't have a chance at Joe Burrow. Stephen Ross, the owner, tried to right. try to influence that and, and say, hey, what can we give to the Bengals to get that? Mm -hmm. uh, but Justin Herbert was picked right after Tua, right? And mm -hmm. so every week that Justin Herbert plays better and better and better, there are people in the organization who wanted Justin Herbert right. who are now saying, look, we could have had Justin Herbert. Although I will say, I don't think Justin Herbert would have done as well in Miami as in Miami, right? Situational. Right. The situation is totally different. And so you have you have that tension, but you also have a head coach who, if you look deeper into his coaching turnover the past two years, it is insane. The offensive coordinator, you've had a new one every single year. You have I'm two glad you year. brought this up. Yeah. Yeah, you have two this year. That that's insane. And what I said, I held a Twitter spaces a few weeks ago. And what I was saying is you got your head coach, right? The CEO of a company. You got your coordinators, they're basically like your chief operating officers, right? Mm-hmm. If any of us are in any kind of corporate company or any business that has this structure, if you see three COOs walking out the door three years in a row, like a new one every single year, and then that, that third year, you have two C chief operating officers, like that's a huge red flag. What does that say? Yeah. Yeah, when your coordinators are leaving like that. And, and after year one, the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, left to the Giants. Lateral move, not even promotion. He's had the same DC the past two years, but these are big, serious red flags that I don't think enough yeah. people talk about. I think people try to try to brush it aside, right. and and you know, and there's the reports of him losing the locker room already, and, and it's, it's showing on Sundays, I believe. It's and just, even happening with some players, like one and done deals, like Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. He was happy to get out of there, in and out, yeah, right. You know, and and you would think he, you know, in a sense, you would think this is a guy that's being brought down there because he is a Brian Flores type player. And he is, right. he is going to be a real presence in that locker room. And for him to be like, I'm, I'm glad to be out of there. Yeah. You know, it uh, almost, you know, Flores talks out of both sides of his mouth. I, I think you heard some of that. I think I read some of that. What do you, what are your thoughts there? There was a report from the South Florida Sun Sentinel that said that Flores has been trying to get younger and younger and younger because he doesn't want people pushing back against him. He, he doesn't like when players speak out against him. And that's part of this whole thing with losing the locker room, right? You try to go younger, 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 younger to yeah. get no one to challenge you. And then now you're so young. 
right. you don't have the experience to know how to win a football game. And and you're right, Dan. Like Kyle Van Noy did nothing, you know, in terms of to to deserve to be cut after one year. He was shocked by it. But but Kyle Van Noy was also a guy in the locker room that that wasn't afraid to speak his mind. Oh, yeah. and, and so when you see that, then then that's when that's when Flores kind of shuts down a little bit. Which and, is interesting because you think that they knew what they were getting or for when they brought Van Noy to begin with. Right. It's not like that should have been a shock. Right. But but is it is it is it Flores who wants that or is it right. like Chris Greer who wants it? Right. And, and that's what I Good think point. everyone's trying to decipher here is how what what page are they on? And, and we know in the NFL and, and other businesses too, when once this starts happening when you're one and two are fighting for their job, people start getting thrown under the bus. So you can only right. imagine what Chris Greer is saying to Stephen Ross and what Brian Flores right. is saying to Stephen Ross and who has more of their ear and who has the support of others in the organization. But even if even if even if Brian Flores, and I had said this too, right? I said, okay, maybe Brian Flores didn't want to. Maybe he wanted Justin Herbert. And now he's telling Stephen Ross, listen. I want I wanted Herbert and, and a career pick Tua, and now look what's happening. But even if he said that, right? You can't you can't gloss over the fact of his coaching turnover. So much of it you can't gloss over the fact of the locker room. That's those are two incredibly high red flags. And don't forget, like Jim Caldwell too quit after a week, right? right. Jim Caldwell quit after a week, <laughs> and and they did a whole offensive coordinator right. search this past offseason. Nobody wanted the job. And he ends up naming two people internally, which is a complete dumpster fire. And maybe there's three offensive coordinators. That's what some people are saying. <laughs> not two. It's 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 a bizarre it's a shadow scene in Miami. That's... Yeah. But yeah, it goes back to like them not being on the same page, even with Adam Gase, half the people in that interview room didn't want Adam Gase. And, and Stephen Ross overruled the, the, the high decision makers. Right. So no, we're hiring Adam Gase. Hmm. It's just a bad Fantastic. thing. That's that's good. Yeah. So Matt, going back to what we were talking about earlier a bit before about the uh, the Tua situation and yeah. kind of juxtaposed against the Deshaun Watson stuff. Yeah. The in your opinion, the contingent that is ready to move on from Tua already, how much of that do you think is influenced by the Deshaun Watson availability situation versus just in and of itself to be done with Tua regardless? Yeah, no, I think I think Deshaun being available has something to do with it. Dolphins and the Panthers, for that matter, we're talking to the Texans before the right. draft about Deshaun Watson. Right. And if these uh, allegations didn't come to the surface, who knows who would have ended up getting him? The Eagles were also looking oh, at him yeah. as well. I mean, and so, you know, these three teams with a lot of ammo, the Dolphins had the most heading into the draft because they had three first-round picks. Right. The they best. could have easily swung that deal mm -hmm. when the allegations surface, and that kind of put that to bed. So I think one that availability probably helps a little bit. Um, it's just odd, you know. Even if there's off-field things with Tua in terms of his personality, and it's it's not anything bad. It's just like a quiet kid, maybe, and you know, just kind of wants to keep to himself a little bit and, and doesn't really care for the spotlight so much. That just right. wants to go about his business. It's it, it's Still just bizarre. Yeah. It's just bizarre. You know, right. I can't put my finger on on the fact of why there's people in the organization who want to move on from him. Because his on-field play has not proven that they should move on from him. I mean, if you look right. at his stats, he's one of the more efficient QBs in the league. and, and He's, he's looked pretty good of late. I, yeah, and he's playing in such a terrible environment with receivers who can't get separation. Devontae Parker is one of the worst receivers in the league of separation, and so is Preston Williams when he's healthy. Right, well, and, well, they, and that's the key right there is when he's healthy. Preston Williams had that knee problem for you know for how right. long. That's almost becoming arthritic at this point. Yeah. And then you got Parker who can never, can't stand the field either. 
Yeah, and and you know there was there was one high profile player on the offensive side of the ball who wanted to quit in training camp and wanted to retire from the NFL for good, and the coaches had to talk him into coming back. And imagine so, and that. so now you have a player on the offense who's probably heart's not in it, and that's right. affecting things. And you have a terrible offensive line because the GM didn't make the right picks, and you know the the odds are completely stacked against Tua, but he still goes out there and he still plays at a very high level. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there have been, I mean, maybe we can talk about this too. There have been at least, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on some positive. Maybe you can, you can elaborate a little bit more on this. Been, I, we've seen some positives from uh, Gasicki. It has been, I mean, granted, he's essentially a, a giant slot yeah. wideout at this point, but he's looked good. Waddle, I think, is, is showing flashes, especially now that Tua's back. Uh, I, you know, what do you think about those guys as far as at least having some kind of offensive core maybe to build around it, assuming two is still there? Yeah, Jaziggy's in a contract year as well, so we have to keep that in mind. And, and who knows if, if this administration True. will be there next year right. and, and in the offseason to look at bringing him back. It feels like Jaziggy's always been that guy who always we think is going to – this is the season he's going to break out. It's been out. like three years now. We thought he was going to – and then just you see the yeah. flash for a game or two, and then it just didn't really – and I, I personally never known how much of it was – him versus just how he's being used. You know? I, I, yeah, I mean, two touchdowns this year, right? Such a big athletic receiver. I think they asked him to block a little too much, and, and right. his his best role, I think what you saw at Penn State was kind of flexing to the outside yeah. of the spot a little bit and, and being that big body that can create mismatches. I don't necessarily think they've used him the right way. There's a lot of hope because right. George Godsey was the tight ends coach, and now he's one of the – 27 offensive coordinators the Dolphins have this year. And so people thought that, okay, since he's going to be involved in the game planning, that Shiziki's going to be more involved. Right. Uh, I think he, he's highly underrated. And if, and if you were to go to somewhere else to a coach who knew how to use in the right way, right. you'd see an incredible difference. Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of comparisons happening right now because Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. Sure. And, and so forth. And then you look at the Dolphins who had an opportunity to stay, I believe it was at four, who ended up trading with the, with the 49ers and with the Eagles, then back yeah. up and so forth. And, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts from a week heard before the draft was number one on their board. That was the guy they wanted. There was even talk of them leading up to the draft that day of them trying to get with the Falcons and get to that spot. Right. And then if it wasn't Pitts, it was going to be Jamar Chase. And there's a lot of people in Miami who thought it was going to be Chase because they thought the Bengals were going to go Panay Suel so, uh, yeah. to, to get to get the offensive line help for Joe Burrow. That didn't happen. It went Pitts, it went Chase, and then you know the Dolphins tried to play it off like Waddle was a guy all along when that was really <laughs> right. the case. But uh, but he's a good player. He has a lot of separation um, ability. He's a perfect player for Tua to get into the middle of the field and to then create yards after the catch. After the catch. But uh, is Jalen Waddle ever going to be Kyle Pitts? I don't know. It's he's not, yeah, know. and the thing is, he's not even that same type of player anyway. You know, we look at Pitts, we look at Chase, like those guys. Like Wall's a different, yeah. different body type. Different and we player. know he's not going to be Chase. I mean, Chase right. has been doing extraordinary things this year as a rookie, very comparable to Randy Moss already. Right. That's Interesting. Right. Hey Matt, I draft night. Right. You see these quarterbacks getting picked. As as a Patriots fan, I'm getting excited at the prospect of Fields. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be awesome. My two sons, they're watching the draft with me, and they're looking at me saying, I can't believe we're going to get Justin Fields. We don't. We end up getting Mac Jones. Um, based on what you've seen so far, seven games in, what are your thoughts on, on Mac Jones and how he's playing and, and, and 
he does seem to be a good fit for the Patriots, um, but we don't know how much longer Bill Belichick is going to be around. What's your take on on Mac Jones so far? Yeah, I I think. I mean, let's think about it. If you redid the draft today, where would Mac Jones go? I think he'd go to the 49ers at three. I yeah, really I agree. Would, right? Because you look at, I mean, Trey Lance hasn't really seen the field. He's been injured a bit. Right. And then the 49ers are trying to slowly bring him along. You look at Zach Wilson, complete disaster, mm-hmm. right? And maybe maybe he even goes number two, right, to the Jets. Right. Zach Wilson's been a complete disaster uh, so far. And you look then down the line to, I think, Justin Fields was the next QB selected, right, to the Bears. Mm-hmm. And I, I coming into the draft, I thought Justin Fields, I think a lot of people thought Justin Fields was going to be that guy that would be the best QB of the entire draft, even better than Trevor Lawrence. I do think I, I I think what you see from Justin Fields right now is not, uh, you know, accurate in terms of what he is going to be. I think you have a really bad head coach in Matt Nagy, and he's he has a, imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, touched, it's funny you said this has been a topic of conversation. I don't, even know, how, I don't even know how Nagy is still in there. He should have gotten fired after last season. <clears throat> but you have an offensive system that's yeah. not built for Justin Fields at all, right? There's yeah. nothing really good for Justin Fields there. And God bless Allen Robinson. That guy's just being wasted away there. He's such a tremendous wide receiver. He, he cannot wait to get the season over with and get out of there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he said last year with Nick Foles and everyone else, right? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because they uh, keep yeah the whole franchise situation with him. But that's a whole other whole other. Yeah, yeah. you know, Mac Jones is that typical, prototypical guy that seems like Bill Belichick likes. Guys are going to stand in the pocket, going to deliver passes. Before the draft, Tony Pauline had mentioned uh, for, for Mac Jones, right? Patient in the pocket, buys time to mm-hmm. receivers, and displays a tremendous sense and wherewithal of what's happening on the field. Goes through the progressions, distributes the ball to all his targets, and takes a safe underneath outlet if nothing else is available. Who does that sound like, right? Yeah. Right. Hi, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Tom yeah, yeah. How are you? <laughs> Throw the ball underneath, keep the chains moving, and, moving. and keep moving down the field, right? right. And, and he's incredibly bright. He's incredibly bright, and he's not—he's not nearly the most athletic QB from this draft class. Not nearly as athletic as Fields or Wilson or Lawrence, yep. but he has—he has the smarts. And when you look at a guy like Brady, who's not the most athletic guy, when you look at a guy like Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, they're all extremely smart. And, and if you're smart enough to be QB in terms of being able to dissect the defenses and and really Process. figure out yep. where everything goes that's going to beat uh, athleticism every single day of the week. Uh, I think, you know, for the AFC East, you need to watch out for Mac Jones because I, once that, once they build around him a little more and get him some good, some good uh, talent on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we know they tried with John o. Smith and Hunter Henry, and that hasn't really gone as, as expected in terms of the firepower people thought the Patriots were going to have with those two tight ends. Uh, I think Mac Jones is going to be a very good QB in this league for a long time. Cool. We're, we're awesome stuff. stuff. Good hoping stuff. So. All right, man. I think we're we're running up on time a little bit. So, but um, yeah, we definitely appreciate you coming on. This has definitely been uh, this has yeah. been interesting, giving us some insight here. Uh, I know we've got your information running on the bottom there, but if there's anything you want to plug or, or shout out, um, by all means, go go ahead. Yeah, no, you see it on the bottom, profootballnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at pfn365. Follow us on other social media platforms as well. And like I said, if if you're listening to this on a Friday, uh, we believe we're releasing the Jet story. Uh, this today if you're listening on friday so yeah. check us out if it's not friday it's going to be saturday or sunday and it's, it's 
I, it's over 2,000 words right now where we're at with it. And there's some good, juicy stuff in there that you're going to looking want. forward to this all myself. Here. I thought maybe, I thought maybe you were going to throw us a bone and break it yeah. here on the podcast, Matt. No, that's I, all right. That's all right. No, we, that, I, no, that's all right. We have to work our way there. Yes. But no, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'd love to, you know, obviously love to have you back at some point um, as well and kind of keep this ball rolling. But uh, absolutely appreciate it on, Matt. Thanks a lot for coming. You got it, guys. All right, man. Take Thanks, care. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right, Sundance. We we talked a little bit to begin with there, but uh, Pats they they took care of business against the Jets last weekend. How much are we taken away from that? Um, I'm not sure. I, I hate to cop out on you with the answer, right? Uh, but geez, um, they put up 50 points. You know, not easy to do right. in the NFL for Absolutely. any team. Um, so you have to give some credit there. Uh, it was the New York Jets. So, okay. How much does it really count for? Um, well, it, it's a win in the win column. It's a win. So it's a win that. regardless. And it's you, a you conference can, win. So we'll take that too. You can only play, and this goes back to the argument that has been against the, the Patriots for years in terms of play the division they play. You can only play your schedule. You can only win play the schedule. games. You have to win the games you're supposed to win. So and that's what they did. So I, I love that. Um, I'll tell you that coming off that win, I was starting to feel pretty good about our chances this weekend coming up. Um, I, I have to be honest with you until I, I caught a little bit of Tom Curran, uh, Patriots beat writer who tempered expectations. <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen, the Patriots did exactly what we hoped they would do. They destroyed the Jets. They ran all of their plays on offense. They left no tricks in the bag. Nope. Um, if anything, it's pretty cool that they're pretty much telling openly the entire NFL, we have <laughs> wide receivers that can yeah. throw to the end zone. So you better be prepared for a lateral swing pass one way or the other. Yep. Um, it's it's not just going to come from Danny Amendola. It's not just going to come from Julian Edelman. You know, we've got right. certainly Kendrick Bourne who can do it. And now Jacoby Myers, we know what he can do. Right. You know, I'm just going to ask a question. Oh, is, is there any chance our friend numero uno First round draft pick, Nikhil Harry. Is there any chance he maybe he maybe could 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 put a pass in the end zone for us? I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's hope that. Well, let's hope if he has that ability, it's for someone else because that means he got traded. And at this point, I'd be fine with him being moved and seeing him make an attempt on some other uniform. However, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so let's but let's stop there for a second, right? Let, let's 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 pause on on Nikhil Harry and the Jets game. Um, when did you see Nikhil Harry get into the game against the Jets? When did you see a pass, a target for him? Well, Sundance, I'm going to have to uh, reach back into the far reaches of my memory, maybe pull up a box score and see when that might happen. It's been in the last three minutes of the game, the fourth quarter. Oh, oh no. Within the last three minutes of the game that they were actually targeting Nikhil Harry. What does that tell you? They forgot that they needed to showcase him in this game so they could get him ready for the, for the trade deadline. Hey, listen, uh, 
great opportunity for the Pats to add a receiver at the trade deadline, you know, a, a different type of receiver, may, right. maybe a burner. Um, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, our friend down in Houston uh, that played for us before. Brandon Cooks. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, a guy like that, you know, that's not going to cost a lot. Um, he would be fantastic. And I hope it comes at the cost of Nikhil Harry getting traded or out right release i, I we'll have a feeling out. we're gonna see I, I i don't think he is long for this roster one way or the other whether it's trade for Mad a seventh day. or sixth round pick or at some point you know, <laughs> if they if and when they decide they need to make room for a roster spot because there's you know because of attrition on, and some of the some other area of need they need to clear something out and they, they move on from them uh, i think that leads into you know you actually led into a, kind of another thing i wanted to talk about in terms of if they were to go to trade for a burner or some some other type of help uh, on the outside as far as the receivers go, I I'd say I'd love to see that. However, at this point, you have to think if they are going to make a splash or some kind of move in general, the need is unfortunately even more so on the other side of the ball in the corner. Uh, the secondary needs massive help at this point. We lost Jonathan Jones for uh, the season with the uh, yeah. with the shoulder. Um, this is on top of already having moved Gilmore. Um, McCordy is is hurt. McCordy's banged up. That kid Caden has trade for from from the Ravens early in the season. It's still been out missing weeks with like the concussion. Mills is you know Mills is Mills. Mills is Mills. (laughs) Right. So when he's when he's and we talked about this before when he's essentially at best your nickel corner playing safety kind of okay when you're when he's your starting corner on the outside you 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 have problems that that's a problem Um, especially considering we're now. Going to be going into LA to take the take on the Chargers, who have two great wideouts in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and that's Jerk Hook's still playing well at tight end down the middle. That Eckler, who is coming out like so, I, I'd say rolling into the the trade deadline, I mean, any help is help. We'll take it. Uh, I'm curious to see if they go and get secondary help in some way, even if it's a third or fourth corner, just to boost some depth to cycle guys in, someone who maybe knows the system. That type of move, or they're not overpaying. I don't know. I, you know, here's a thought, and just a thought. Um, there is a corner that's actually his contract is actually coming up after the season, so he might not cost a lot. They might be able to reach out and look into. Um, I believe his name is Stefan Gilmore. Might have been that might be something they can look into as far as um, maybe you know getting him on the cheap on a contract year, depending on what they'd have to give up. But I don't know, j- just a thought. I don't know what, what do you think? What, what any other areas in need you'd like to see them go after the trade deadline? Uh, no, no, it's it's wide receiver or it's defensive back. I, you hit the nail on the head. Right. Um, so there's not much more ground to cover there. I, I will tell you this, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with the running backs. They they've looked pretty good the the past yeah two three weeks right that they've looked pretty good. Stevenson's a, a a healthy scratch last week after playing pretty well the past yeah. week or two. Agreed. I, I think we thought he was gonna he was starting to establish himself a little bit as that one B complement to to Harris as far as even just being able to catch the ball a bit out of the backfield and then he became a Going into this week, healthy scratch. Found out late Sunday morning, healthy scratch. Yeah. Brandon Bolden's your guy filling that James White role again this week. And 
I, I can't figure I, out. I Clearly, something is going on with Stevenson behind the scenes in terms of playbook pickup, something, something yeah. that we don't know about. Yep. But it seems a little odd that we're jostling these running backs now in these roles behind Harris, and they can't seem to really kind you, of figure on something. It's a little odd. You would think by week six, week seven, they you'd, have have a, on that. you'd have a handle on that, and they don't. And that gives me some concern. The, the tight ends are coming together. Uh, you know, Smith, John, who got, got banged up again last week, which not, not a great, uh, you know, not a great sign, but Hunter Henry is certainly coming through in the clutch when they need him. So you like to see that Mac had a fantastic game. Offensive line looked quite a bit better. Um, and of course he spread the ball around the wide, wide receivers. Um, they all looked pretty good with the exception of, uh, Nikhil Harry. Um, so yeah, I, you, listen, you, you've got it. I mean, maybe adding another, you know, weapon to the offense through a burner wide out, but clearly def- defensive back is going to be the big one that, that they're going to need to attack at the trade deadline. Which, which, which leads you into this, this game coming up on Sunday, again, as we alluded to earlier, the, you know, will this defense granted the chargers are far cry from the jets. Will, will the defense be able to carry over some momentum into this game and, and at least play this offense? Justin Herbert is is a phenom back there yeah. um, behind center as well with his receivers. He's got pl- plenty of toys to work with there. Uh, is the defense going to be able to, to, to roll into L.A. and do anything to try to stop this offense? I I, I question that. I mean, they're going to need a major push from, from the line up front, and the backers are going to have to play a hell of a lot better than we've seen them play over the course of the season to try to cover up potential deficiencies uh, in the secondary. I I don't know if they can pull that off. I, I don't know. I'd love to see it. I do feel like this team is playing with a little momentum, a little confidence now. Not that according, according to anyone in the media and Bill and the team, the locker room, that was never an issue before. Confidence was not a problem. Um, but you'd like to see not some just confidence, maybe it's a little bit of swagger. Obviously, you know, why this team remembers taking down the Chargers last year with Herbert behind center. 45 nothing. I'm sure that means nothing to any of these guys going into this game. But curious to see if if the defense can can hold up their end of the bargain on the road again this week against a much better offense. And then, like you said too, Mac played well. Can you know? Can this offense show up again against the Chargers? Chargers have a great pass D, uh, pretty soft against the run. So I'm wondering if this is going to be another Harris game. At least to start, try to establish the run game, both because they know they can and can they can get that push up front, even with some backup offensive linemen and the fact that, you know, they're going to want to set that tone, set that pace to not let Herbert and that offense, you know, run all over them, uh, you know, for four quarters. So I, I I'm really curious. What, what do you, what do you think in terms of um, pace of this game, how they're going to play it, what the chances are uh, it's, I don't know. This, this is going to be a tough, tough game, even despite the, the thrashing of the Jets. So first things first, as long as Matt Judon, the dude in the red sleeves, <laughs> makes the team flight, I I like our defense to put some pressure on Herbert. Okay, a bit being on the field, making the flight, and getting their helps. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the, that's, that's 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 the first thing. Just be- no, no. The point I'm making is Judon is awesome. I mean, he yeah, no, is right. he is everywhere on the field. Unfortunately, he can't be everywhere. All the time, and doesn't even show up in the stat in the stat line all the time. Oh, Last week, I think he ended up with all credit with a half of a t- like a, a, a 
an assist of a tackle, but you watch the game. He's in that backfield, the whole, like miss, just missing every play, just disruption, disruption, disruption. I, so you just took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, he's a – in all seriousness, he's a player that disrupts. Um, and so a guy like that, as long as you have someone like that on your defense, right. you know, he's a Joey Bosa, he's a J.J. Watt. And granted, he's not up there with those guys and they don't play the same position, but he he is a disruption. Um Especially against bad quarterbacks, right? against quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks. Right? like we saw Zach Wilson yeah. and White last week. You know, yeah. all it takes is a guy threatening to get home, rattles things up, causes turnovers, mistakes, etc. Sometimes that's all you need is to have the feeling of of pressure. And so, as long as you've got him down. on the field, I I, and I hate to say I like our chances, but he really makes everyone else better. Now, who Absolutely. else needs to play? Especially, say, the secondary, like we need. <laughs> yeah. Right so yeah. I'll yeah. tell you someone who comes up in flashes, but but hasn't just hasn't had that banner game yet, and that's the rookie defensive and uh, defensive lineman Christian Barmore. Barmore. Um, you know, he's, he's there on certain plays, and then it's like I haven't seen him for a full quarter or two. I'm just like – what happened to that guy? Where did he yeah. go? I don't see him out there at right. all. So I, I really look for Barmore to maybe have a solid game here. Um, I'm looking for that, quite honestly. On the offensive side, right, you, you think exactly what you said. Uh, the, the Chargers are terrible at stopping the run. They, they're pretty good stopping uh, the receiving game, but they're terrible stopping the run. But the Patriots, they, they just – don't really do exactly what you think they're going to do. Here's what I'm saying. I won't be surprised for the Patriots to come out on first and 10 and air it out down the sidelines to Kendrick Bourne. Like, you know, they just are so unpredictable. If it were me with the coach Belichick hat on, yeah, I'm running the ball all day. I'm running it on first and second down, probably for my first five offensive series just to see if they can stop it. And you obviously you hope that they can't because now you're just going to make a statement of you can't stop this and we're going to keep the ball longer than you are. And that's really Dic- the only the opportunity yes. I see the Patriots for winning this game. Um, they cannot yeah. turn the ball over and they have to run it really well. Like I, I mean, yeah. Harris and Stevenson have to come out of this game with 100 yards rushing. Again, if Stevenson's even active, I mean, you, and that's, I mean the again, way it's been going, it's been 50-50. Is going to be Stevenson? Is it going to be Bolden? J, you know, J.J. Taylor seems like he's active every game. It's just, you know, he's only going to get select touches. Um, I think it would be odd for Stevenson to be inactive two weeks in a row. But, I, you know, I think, I think flat out they trust Bolden more, not even necessarily as a pass catcher. They trust him more in pass pro. They trust sure. him to not make mistakes in protection, uh, just to be precise, to know his role. I think I think the trust is there. You know, talent aside, I think the trust is there. I think I okay. saying that out loud now, I actually with a game like this, they very well may go ahead and just keep Bolden active and, and Stevenson on the sideline. I it's hard to know. But like you said, regardless of who is active and who's pairing up with Harris, they're gonna need they're gonna need a, a one-two punch. It's, it can't just be Harris, but they're gonna have to keep cycling yeah. through those backs, keeping them on our toes, either running straight up at them through the gut, running sweeps, you know, off tackle, you know, a couple of some, one knows they love the screen. So I'm sure we're going to see some screen passes in there as well. Your, yeah. your favorite play. 
I think the a big thing too is going to be, again, as has been every week, health of the line. You know, Shaq Mason. Yeah, you know, I think I believe he got banged up in that game again. Um, you know, the who's going to be active? Lions been coming together bit by bit, a little bit. I, I agree. You know, few weeks. I, I, I'm okay with the offensive line. I really don't have strong concerns there. The concern is what you pointed out earlier. It's going to be the defensive backs. Right. And if Herbert is taking his shots 25, 30 yards up the field here and there, we're in trouble. So we have to get pressure on Herbert. Um, he, it's This is not, you know, a three-man rush, four-man rush. Uh, no, I, I mean, if I'm young Belichick, the son that gets to call the defensive plays, um, <laughs> such nepotism, such nepotism. Uh, you know, if I'm him, if I'm Steve Belichick, I'm dialing up different blitzes consistently. I, I, I really, and I know you're taking chances there. I know that you're going to leave some guys uncovered, but, um, you can't let Herbert sit back there. I agree. Uh, right. He's so, going to pick you apart. And, and I'd like to think you know, going back to Judon, you know, and, and anyone else who, who can get pressure, you know, I, I think with Herbert, you're probably not going to have the same effects on that, pre- from that pressure as you, like we said, you would have with. Yep. Pat yes. Patriot. Pat let's Patriot. No. Pat Patriot. So, so let's, now let's start getting a little bit more positive because Pat Patriot on Halloween is going to show up. So tell me, the two things, Major J, that are going to push the Patriots to their fourth win in not San Diego, but L.A. Well, you touched on the first one. It's going to be the running game. Okay. So we're going to run it down their throats. We're going to eat a clock. Uh, then we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to have to disrupt Herbert and make sure that passing game stays at bay. The covering the secondary. So Perfect. You know, they're three and four coming into this game. I'm going to text Steve and Bill. Yeah, right just, just give them a heads up. Let them know what we came up with. You know, take it for what they will. But let's let's. You know, it's a big blitz. game because you also have another another tough road game coming up Disrupt. at Carolina. After after the Chargers, then you come home and you've got the Browns, which is another potentially tough game, tough defense. Then things, you know, Falcons who are playing better lately. That may I, not be a gimme anymore. I know it doesn't scare you, but but they're. You know, I, you know. Listen, I had a different reaction looking at their schedule coming off this Jets win. And, and granted, uh, I'm I'm living in Pat Patriot heaven right now, having put fifty up the board. Um, but it, the schedule doesn't look nearly as daunting as it did two, three weeks ago. Really, Cleveland. Agree. It does Cleveland. Right, they're really four and three team. I, I just think they they play you tough though. They're they play tough it defense. tough. They play it tough. So. You know, they play it tough, but, but you're not certainly not a loss. You don't yeah, look at that and think that's an L, right? There you go. Um, right. you know, uh, Falcons even on the road, Falcons is not an L, like they should be competitive in these games. Oh, absolutely. Um, Phil Perry was on uh, you know, Fox Sports New England tonight, and, and he said, Listen, even if the Patriots lose this game, um, he could still find 10 wins in their schedule, right? Uh, to get them, you know, at the wild card level. And I, I believe it, I do think they are getting better as we go um as we've said they've lost three games on one single play right this team could easily be six and one right now they could be six and one so i look at the the forward schedule um and i am not discouraged at all i'm i'm feeling as if you know 
we got a shot here. Uh, again, here comes a must-win game on the road, Chargers. This could make a statement, though. This is the type of the game that could send them off. What's uh... – Let's hope and see. Obviously, we'll have our picks, uh, official picks against the spread for that game a little bit later on. But, all right, I think that wraps up our uh, Patriots preview segment for the show. Um, we'll we'll be back and talk about it next week and reflect back on it. I think next we're going to roll into your favorite segment, Sundance, our Fantasy Five. Yeah! Before we get into uh, five names of note, just, uh, just a bit of a note there. Remember, we are back to a normal bye week this week. This is uh, we we're out of bye week, bye week Armageddon, bye week again, bye again, whatever people want to call it from last week. We only have two teams off, just the Ravens and Raiders. So things are settling in to be a, a little more normal uh, this week as we, as we move forward. All right, our number five player for the week, Pat Fryermuth. It's a Sundance favorite. Tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like like most players right now, a lot of people have uh, mm-hmm. tight end issues. If you don't have one of the, the top three or four studs, we're going look into adding Pat Firemuth. Uh, he's definitely going to be a beneficiary of the Juju Smith-Schuster uh, injury that knocked him off for the entire season. Uh, he's going to start seeing more targets underneath. This is a, a big receiver that they drafted out of Penn State. He had seven targets two weeks ago before their bye. I think that's going to continue as the season wears on. Not going to win you your league. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup against Cleveland this week, but I think for the duration of the season, he's a, a good cheap add to throw in there if you can. All right, number four, add Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, again, not a household name, but if you have some quarterback issues, he's someone to look at for the next few weeks. Uh, they're coming home mainly because of their schedule. Uh, he's He's been solid enough uh, to this point. Not Nothing great, but solid enough. Uh, they have Washington coming in to Denver this week, which is a terrible, terrible uh, secondary. They've got they're going to Dallas the week after. They come home against Philly. Nice little schedule for them. So if you have some uh, some bye week issues or have some quarterback issues, injuries, etc., uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not a bad guy to add on the cheap. Uh, number three, get Kadarius Tony. Uh, he is actually 53% owned on Yahoo right now. So you know he may be available. He may not. You may have to go and trade for him. Uh, either way, I would uh, look to see what you can do with him there. Uh, he's He might be affordable in a trade. He's coming off a pretty nasty ankle injury. Um, left first quarter of the game a couple weeks ago. Missed last week. Trending possibly to play this week. Uh, but this, this kid's got league-winning talent despite the fact he's got Daniel Jones throwing to him. So if you can add him, great. If if you need a trade for him, see if you can get him thrown into a trade or trade for him somewhat cheaply, playing on the fact he's coming off that injured ankle. Even if you can't use him this week, he potentially could be a league winner for, for down the stretch for you. So Kadarius Tony, number three, add by anyway, you can get him, get him. Uh, number two, Javante Williams, running back from the Broncos. Uh, pretty much universally owned. Uh, so you're gonna have to trade for him. Uh, but if you can, I would do it. He's a name that's been out there. This is nothing new to anyone who plays fantasy, but if you can get Javante, I would I would look to do it, seeing he's still sort of in that timeshare with Melvin Gordon. Um, thing is, Broncos schedule really gets nice starting next week. Uh, in terms of against the run and last through the duration of the season. Could start to take snaps away from Gordon. Uh, at some point, they're going to want to see if this kid can do. They drafted him high for a reason. Uh, I do think this offense is going to start to click a little bit more with Jerry Judy coming back. Another reason to go and add Teddy Bridgewater as well. They're getting Judy back this week. 
Uh, Bridgewater loved the kid uh, week one before he had a high ankle sprain. I think with Judy back, offense starts to click a little more. Javante could be beneficiary as well. So we'll go and see if you can add him somewhat affordably now while you can. Brings us to our number one, Sundance. Sean Watson. Whoa. Don't do it. And, and I'm going to reserve this take for uh, single quarterback leagues. If you're in a two-quarterback league uh, or super flex, this, this doesn't apply. You're scratching and clawing for whatever you can get at quarterback. If you're in a single quarterback league, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. He still has to get traded because he's never going to play with the Texans if he doesn't get traded. That's established. Still has to get traded. Still has to learn that playbook and that offense. I'd like, sure, he's a superstar player. Get it. Could probably step right in. Still, you know, you don't know what environment he's going into in terms of talent around him. Yeah. And, and I'm still not convinced at this point, despite everything Goodell has even said in the last couple of days, that push comes to shove. When he's faced with a PR issue, that him and the NFL, the league, don't step in and, and don't do something in terms of his eligibility to play. They're talking the talk at this point. He very well could be eligible. I, I'm not completely buying that uh, until I actually see it. So at this point, if you're looking to add Watson in a single quarterback league, just save this the bench space for an upside running back, a lottery ticket, someone else, it's it's just not worth the time. You're going to end up dropping him in a week anyway. So that is our Fantasy Five Sundance. Good job. That that truly was five minutes. Well done. I, I, I pride myself on trying to stay stay in time. But uh, despite the banner, it's not the Patriots preview. It was the Fantasy Five. Uh, so we will roll now into our – Week eight Padres picks. Another another fan favorite. But before we can run into our picks for this week, as you know, we need to reflect on picks from last week and where we stand. So, yes, I'm sure you want to see this one. Not week six, week seven. However, uh, you were nine and four. I was eight and five. Beat me by a game that now takes you to a one-game lead in the overall standings at 49-40 and one. You've closed that gap. You've taken the lead. Congratulations, Sundance. Good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to happy to see it. Anyway, I got, I got lucky on a couple games. I I, I got lucky on, on a couple games, but um, as I said, just be over 500. Right. No, you're right. Be over 500. All right. So let's go ahead. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy. You're doing all right. Good that takes too. us. Yeah. Well, mm. uh, all right. So it takes us into our picks for the week. Um, I don't know who you took in the Arizona Green Bay game. I had Green Bay getting the seven. Uh, I, I, I had Green Bay as well. So Okay. Well, yeah. great. They are currently down 7 nothing, but driving here uh, the early part of the second quarter. Third and one, Aaron Jones pushes, pushes. That's a touchdown. Give that yeah. man a touchdown. Touchdown. So it's now 7-6, putting the PAT. All right. Looking great for both of us for now. First game on the Sunday slate, Sundance. We have got Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the aforementioned New York Jets. Cincy is... Giving ten and a half. I'll let you start with this one. Uh, so Cincinnati really turning a corner as a franchise. I mean, you've you've got to feel great if you're a Bengals fan and you've waited for this. Um, the Jets are just going in the opposite direction. I, I mean, I, I, I talked to a good friend of mine in the office today. He's a big Jets fan. 
And the last question I asked him, I said, so how are you feeling about Salah? And his response said it all. And he said, eh, I don't know. You know, and that's it. I mean. You don't have to say, I don't know. Just the, eh, that's I, it. I, you know, right this there. this yeah. is not a great sign for Salah. He's obviously going to survive the season. They could go, you know, 2-15. and 15. Salah's going to be back next year. But, boy, that pressure gets really heavy for him next year. Um, I like the Bengals in this game. They look really good. And I'm not sure Matt White, is that the backup quarterback? Yes. Uh, I believe it's Matt White. Um, he didn't impress me much. Matt White, Mitch White, something yeah, White. Yeah, I, I'm, it probably I'm all matter. good. So let's take Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I, I think they win this one, quite honestly, by 20. All right. Uh, for the same reasons, two teams going in uh... – Opposite directions, big number, but I think even on the road, I'm going to take the Bengals as well. All right, so that takes us into our next game, which is Tennessee heading to Indianapolis in a divisional game. That should be an interesting game for AFC South implications. Indianapolis giving the two and a half. Uh, this one, I, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Indy. Both teams are playing well. We've seen the Titans win at home, uh, like we said before, against Kansas City and Buffalo. Indy's on the upswing as well. I think both these teams are just playing well enough. This could be a smashing game. I just like Indy to simply tiebreaker. They're at home. I think they go in by a field goal. Yeah, I'm not going to go against you on this one. I will say this. Geez, watching the Colts this past Sunday, you forget how good Carson Wentz can be. I mean, even in terrible, crappy conditions, he looks pretty good. He is healed um, from the full Wentz. He is healed from wow. the full Wentz, moving around on both ankles. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Frank Reich knows what he's doing. Um, I don't like this game for Tennessee. I, I'm taking the Colts, too. All right. Uh, next on the schedule is Miami. Another uh, AFC East game. Miami going to Buffalo. Buffalo giving 14 Sundance. What do you think? Okay, so this is, this is going to be one of those anomaly games. This is one where you say, you know, Buffalo by 27. Um, you know, again, these are two franchises going in different directions. I just can't believe Brian Flores goes up to Buffalo and, and gets the ever-loving crap kicked out of him. Um, I, I think he is playing for his job. Uh, this does Absolutely. not look good. I actually I expect Miami to, to – I'm not going to say play well. I expect Miami to be in this game. I'm going to take the Dolphins. All right. Uh, I as well. I'm taking Miami for the same reasons. I, I Miami played a little better last week despite the loss, um, losing mm -hmm. uh, in the end to Atlanta, but played better last week. I just don't see them getting blown out twice in the same season by, by the same team, Buffalo. I think they can play at least within the 14. So I'm going to take Miami with the points as well. There you go. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got the Rams. <laughs> another, another dreaded Houston game. The Rams heading to Houston, take on the Texans. The Rams, even on the road, are giving 14 and a half. Um, I, you know, I got away with it last week. I'm going to do it again. I, I'm taking the Rams, giving the big number at this point, simply because you never take the Texans, and that's it. So Rams giving the 14 and a half. Houston's a dumpster fire. I'm not going against you on this one. I, I'm going to take the Rams as well. All right. Easy enough. All right, next up we got the Eagles going to Detroit. This is an interesting game. Uh, Philly giving three and a half Sundance. What do you think? This game's in Detroit. Correct. You know, I thought Detroit played pretty well um, last week. They, they showed a little moxie. Um, 
know, the Eagles are, they're up and down. They, they, you know, I, I you want to believe in them and Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't, not yet. I, I, I thought they were building something, but they keep on, you know, fooled you. Uh, you know, no, I, I'm going to take Detroit in this one. All right. So you and I in lockstep again, I'm taking Detroit for no other reason. I think they're still are still playing hard for Campbell and I just mm-hmm. don't trust Philly. I just, mm-hmm. just, they don't trust them. I didn't like what I saw against Raider. I just, this is yeah. actually me, my upset special. I, I'm at some point Detroit is going to win a game. They're not going winless this season. It's not going to happen. Agreed. This could be the game. Uh, I saw the going back to the Ravens game. They made the Ravens for regarding as a good team. Look, not so great. Uh, in Detroit a few weeks back. I think this is that type of game. Only this is a, this one, they'll get the win. So I'm definitely going to take Detroit with the points. Upset special. Uh, next, another 1 o'clock game. Pittsburgh going to Cleveland. Another AFC North. Just smash them game. Cleveland giving three and a half. Uh, this one I had a tough time with, honestly. But I ended up uh, actually, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Uh, getting the three and a half. We, we spoke about it a little bit earlier with Cleveland. I'm just not, you know, Baker's got the shoulder. They're missing Kareem Hunt. Things are, you know, Beckham isn't exactly playing playing well. Something's just not clicking for the Browns. I think they could win this game, but I definitely think Pittsburgh coming off a bye, uh, getting three and a half. I'm going to take the points there. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, mm. I, I saw a power ranking this week that had Pittsburgh at 15, three spots ahead of the Patriots. Pittsburgh is not that good. I, no. I'm sorry. Pittsburgh no, is not. Pittsburgh is is going down. Ben, Ben's flames. noodle arm. Ben's noodle arm is not doing that team any favors right now. No, they've already no. lost you for the year. Yeah, I. Now, I mean, the Steelers are at home in this one, right? No, this is in Cleveland. This, this is, in is Cleveland. oh god, yeah. even more reason. No, I'm I'm taking Cleveland. Um, even if it were in Pittsburgh, I'm taking Cleveland. Okay, I I, I don't like what the Steelers are are uh, looking and playing like right now. So, right. what are you trying to say? So next to the one o'clock slate, we've got San Francisco traveling to Chicago. Uh, 49ers are giving four. What do you think here? This is a tough game. Um. I don't think Fields is as bad as he's shown. And I I, I feel like I've been unfair to Matt Nagy at times. Uh, no, was, no, it's okay. You've been fair. No, don't don't beat yourself up on that. No. I was disappointed in the 49ers this past week. Um, you know, on this one, I, I am not gonna take uh the 49ers. Um I will take the other team. <laughs> The Chicago Bears. It's all together now. <laughs> I'm okay. going to take the Bears. Upset. The Bears. Upset pick. Bears. That's your upset special. Fantastic. I am actually uh, taking the Niners. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I don't necessarily like what I've seen from them, per se, to this point. But I do – I don't think he's bad, per se, but I do have major questions about Fields' development right now. If for no other reason, being a byproduct of – his surroundings in that coaching staff. Uh, he looked, I don't know if you saw, but at the end of, towards the end of that game last week, after his third pick, the kids sitting there dejected, not looked, knowing what to do terrible. alone. Not only did looked he look bad, bad he, didn't, he didn't have the thing is a reflection of the coaching staff. You didn't have Nagy or any coordinator, anyone over there talking to him. It's, they just left him alone. You sit there, little boy, and just. And just deal with it yourself and pow, and you'll get you're gonna pick yourself up by the bootstraps and figure it out. Okay, sure, sure that kid's gonna do it. Give me a break. 
Terrible coaching staff. I, I have no qualms about talking crap about Matt Nagy. Terrible, terrible coach. That's um, terrible. So this kid gets no support. No Khalil Mack as far as no, as far as um, you know pressure on the outside. Um, defense is still decent enough without him, but I think it's going to be enough. Where I think San Fran uh, could come in and take this game by a field goal. So I'll take San Fran, give him the four. That's enough of that game. Uh, <laughs> next one o'clock game: Carolina going to Atlanta. So nice uh, NFC South uh, duel. Atlanta giving the three on this. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta giving the three. These teams are actually feel like they're going in opposite directions. I don't necessarily think the Falcons are ascending per se, but they've shown life. I've liked what I've seen as far as just simply being competitive and, and, and showing a little more than they did early on. So I think some of that carries over after that big win on the road last week against Miami. I think that momentum carries in here. Carolina is still struggling a bit. I'm going to go ahead and take the Falcons minus three. Yeah, all good points. Um, geez, if if I won tickets to an NFL game, this would probably be the last one that I'd want to win tickets to. What a crap game. You'd Falcons give them to me at that point, which I'd appreciate. And I'd ask you if you wanted to come with me. So it worked out. I would go. Um, hey, you want to go to Atlanta? So listen, you bring up a lot of really good points. Carolina trending down. Hot Atlanta, maybe not hot, but they're playing better. Uh, you know, I mean, definitely those, lukewarm. Lukewarm. For, look, lukewarm. For all those reasons, I'm going to take Carolina. Okay, confused, but that, yeah, <laughs> you got me. All Let's right, go, so, Sam Darnold. Let's go. It's time to show up. Uh, <laughs> his coach is thinking the same thing. All right, so the first four o'clock game. This, this is our big one here. New England going to L.A. L.A. giving the four. Sundance. Let's – where does the gavel land on this? Come on. Oh, e- easy pick. I'm going to go Patriots. Um, I – you know, I do you want to say upset? No, um, because I, I'm going to call the, the upset for the other game that I mentioned. Um I, I like the Patriots to win here. This is going to be their statement game. This is going to be the game. They Here we go. I mean, there have just been games that they've lost on one one play. One. Not ah, those two or three plays. They've, no. they've lost these games on the kill, Harry. Yes. Every single loss, except to the Saints, has been one play. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take my beloved Patriots. Pat Patriot on Halloween is going to show up and show out. Let's go. Spooky. Spooky. All right. So for me, this is going to be a uh, pick with your head, not your heart game. I'm taking the Chargers minus the four as much as I hate to do it. I simply just don't think, don't think the Pat secondary can handle this offense. I I don't. Uh, I think they can keep this close. I'd love to be wrong on this, despite the fact that I have to make up a game in the standings on you. But realistically, I can't look at this game and think the Patriots can can cover this. I think they can. They're going to lose by a touchdown minimum. I just think Chargers offense, Herbert, those weapons. I, I just, I just don't. I personally just don't see it. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Next game of the four o'clock slate, Sundance. We got the Jags, Jacksonville going to Seattle. Seattle is giving the three and a half after uh, coming up just short last week in the primetime game Monday night against New Orleans, losing 13 to 10. Then I'm giving the three and a half. Uh, I'll lead off on this one. I am going to take Seattle despite the Geno Smith experience. Uh, Despite my better judgment in every way, uh, I'm going to take Seattle and think everything else about that team will be good enough. uh, Simply because I just don't take Jacksonville on the road. 
Like, I'm glad they got a win. Hooray. But let's be real. It's still Jacksonville. It's still the Urban Meyer dumpster fire. I like what I've seen out of um, Trevor Lawrence. But still the what? It's the still Urban the what? Urban Meyer dumpster fire. <laughs> Love it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. But, you know, I, yeah, so I think despite all that, there's no way H-E double hockey in honor of the Halloween season. I'm not, there's no chance in H-E double hockey sticks. Am I taking the Jacksonville Jaguars cross country West Coast game, getting, getting three and a half in Seattle? Not happening. Just three and a half. Just oh three my, and a half. Yeah. So Seattle, absolutely taking Seattle here as they roll into their bye. Yeah, I'm with you. There's not much more to say on this game. Seattle doesn't look very good. But I ain't, I'm not picking Jacksonville if you paid me. So, nope, I'm Seattle on this one. Uh, well, seeing as Aquafina has not gone back to us, nobody's paying us for any of these segments. <laughs> so, next next stop on the slate here, we've got the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady and company heading to New Orleans for another uh, NFC South uh, banger. The Bucks giving four and a half in New Orleans. What do you think here? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I want to give Peyton credit for putting New Orleans really in a, a pretty decent spot uh, as we approach the midpoint of the season. Um, great. Good, good. He's doing a great coaching job, I would agree. He, he is uh, 110%. You know, Brady... And Arians, man, they just they love to run up the score. I mean, they, they love to score points, period. They, like they, have fun. they don't mind running up the score. Well, that's why sure. Brady, knew, Brady knew what he was doing when he was at Tampa. He was oh, trying to have some fun. Geez, he's he's having he fun. Ever. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to go. I really think this is going to be a close game, and I won't be surprised if New Orleans upsets uh, Tampa, but I'm going to take Tampa. Okay, uh, I as well. I'm taking Tampa. Uh, simply, I, I'm going to keep taking Tampa to cover yeah. until I'm convinced not to at this point yep. for the reasons you just stated. So I, I just don't know if New Orleans and Jameis can keep up with with mm-hmm. Brady and company here. So um, we'll go ahead and take both take Tampa. Give them the four and a half here. Next game, a 425 start for Washington going to Denver. Uh, spoke about this a little bit in the Fantasy Five with Bridgewater, etc. Denver giving the three and a half. Um, I'm going to take Denver, give them the three and a half here. I think they get right at home a little bit. The offense, again, they're getting Judy back. Offense is going to start to click a little bit. Washington just has too many issues, especially on the back end and the secondary. I think Denver can take care of business here and cover the number. Who's playing quarterback for Washington right now? Is that uh, Heineke still? Still Heineke. At this point, Fitzgerald's not looking. It's not looking good for him to come come back anytime soon uh, with, that, with his hip. Yeah, I'll take Denver. All right. Easy enough. Uh, next up is uh, Dallas taking on Minnesota in the Sunday night game. Dallas going to Minnesota, uh, coming off the bye. Getting this one's interesting to me. Minnesota at home, I believe both teams coming off their buys. Minnesota giving two and a half. I- I'm gonna guess this is partially because of the trepidation or question mark as far as whether Dak's gonna play on the ankle. Uh, that's been kind of up in the air, even though Jerry has said, you know, Dr. Jerry. Um, as he's affectionately known as, uh, it said that Dak is going to play. We'll see. Um, this, this is a tough one. I'm going to let you take this one first. I didn't know about Dak and a potential ankle injury. Um, yeah, he, he injured it. Remember, he injured it two weeks ago in the Pats game on that final play 
at some point that touchdown pass, he had a little bit of limp coming off the ramp. They've been mm-hmm. kind of talking about that, and you know, they poo-pooed it because they had the bye and no big deal. You know, I'll be fine coming out of the bye, just a little wrench or whatever. But you know, still being talked about. No one's really giving any information. Even all could be fine for all we know, and no one really knows because you know he's being hidden in practice, etc. But as of now, that question mark is there, and I'm guessing that's why the line is what it is. Okay. Uh, I think Minnesota is a decent football team. I don't think they're great. They're not terrible. Right. Um, Dallas came to New England um, and nearly lost. Uh, I'm going to actually take Minnesota here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to – so I'm going to actually take Dallas, getting the points. I think it's uh, the way this team is starting to roll – Coming off their bye, I'm going to assume – I'm going with the assumption Dak is okay and is going to play. Um, if Taking that as an assumption, this Dallas a team is ascending on both sides of the ball. Minnesota, a good team like you said. They're at home. I don't think they're good enough uh, to take down Dallas. So I, I would take it as my upside special. I do think Dallas wins the game. Uh, I saved that for, for Detroit, though, but I definitely will take Dallas with the points. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that rolls us into the final game of the slate Monday night. Oh, boy. Everyone's favorite topic, the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got the Giants going into Arrowhead, Chiefs giving nine points. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again, despite my better judgment. I'm going to take the Chiefs giving, laying the nine here and say this. This game has to be the game the Chiefs get right and they figure it out because it's the Giants. I, I, if you can't take down the Giants by double digits – I don't. I don't know. I think your season's lost. I'm gonna think this is the game where the Chiefs go out and potentially win 45 to 13. But that's just me. The Giants have too many personal issues. Potentially, still tons of guys banged up on offense, etc. Oh, and Daniel Jones. That's it. Need I say more? What do you think? What's the spread on this one again? Chiefs are giving nine. Not enough. I, I'm with you. If it weren't. If it weren't a Monday night football game, I know that sounds odd, but um, if it weren't a Monday night football game, I might feel differently. Uh, but the spotlight is going to be bright, and I do expect the, the Chiefs to show up uh, and play well. Yeah, I just uh, – I, I get what you're saying. I just um, – yeah, I, I just don't see the Giants. I just No faith in the Giants. Sorry. I, none. None at all. None at all. All right, uh, so that concludes our Padres picks for Week Eight. Um, we'll see what that uh, <laughs> how that shakes out. If anyone makes it, if I make any headway on you, if you uh, widen that gap uh, a little more, we've been neck and neck for every week. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. All right. All right. So that leads us into uh, this week's top five. Uh, this is going to be another fun one. I'm actually really looking forward to this one. Our top five worst trick-or-treat handouts. Uh, so this, this is a very wide umbrella that we're, or wide net that we're casting here as far as what qualifies. Uh, just the worst wide anything umbrella. that leaves somebody's hand through the door or window and ends up in your trick-or-treat bag. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Nitz, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you lead off with your number five here. What do you got? Okay. My number five is one of the all-time horrendous candy bars on the market, still being mass-produced 
right now as we speak. Um, but it's it's the candy bar as a kid that you couldn't eat too many of them or you got a sore throat within about 40 seconds. And I'm talking about Three Musketeers. Um, that's just way too much chocolate, nougat, chocolate, sugar, nothing in there to break it up, no type of nut, no almond, no peanuts, uh, not even, a, you know, throw me a bone, give me a walnut or a, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take a pistachio, throw it in there, but you got no kind of nuts in there to break right. it up. To break it up. And it is just how anyone can eat a Three Musketeers without a, a full liter of water or a gallon of milk is beyond me. Even the little tiny snack size crappy ones that they would give out at, at Halloween. I mean, I was trading those off the first chance I got. And when I saw that silver wrapper with the red and blue, I was like, this is crap. I'm going to trade you, you know, Josh, I'll, I'll, I'll take your good and plenties. You can have seven of my three musketeers all day, every day. Number five is three musketeers. Okay. So that one, I, I don't disagree with everything you said there. It did not make my, I went about 14 deep on mine. Um, wow. it, did, it did not make my 14. Um, I actually don't mind three musketeers, but I, but I get what you're saying. So, all right. My number five, uh, it's not, it's actually not even edible. Um, this is one that actually could even go higher on my list, but I, I saved it. And, and just as a PSA to you and everyone else might be watching, listening. Thank you. The more I went through this exercise, the, the more feelings of anger um, I started to experience as time went on because I realized, hearkening back to my experiences and even my kids' experiences, how much somebody's really bothered me. Um, so it might might show through a little bit. This is one of them. Number five is those damn red wax lips that they throw in there. Oh, and usually it would come yeah. with oh, it would come with accompanied terrible. with the uh, the Dracula teeth, oh, which I'm sure. fine with because at least those are festive. At least I can go around and pretend to be a vampire, which is you could attribute it. You know, that's that's tied into Halloween. A wax lip, wax lips. Like, uh, what am I a like, am I a Rolling Stones fan? I don't understand what, what those have to do with anything. They have the little tab, so you you could barely even bite down and keep them on before <laughs> they fall off. Okay, so anyone, this goes out to anyone who even thinks about putting that in a kid's trick or treat bag. If you're thinking about it, take them out, put them on your own face, and kiss my ass with them because. It, you cannot do that with someone. You cannot give somebody wax freaking lips. So wax lips, number five, worst uh, trick-or-treat handout in Hollywood. All right, number four. This one, I'm going to guess, is probably somewhere on your list. Yeah, this may be one we double up on. That's fine. I don't care. Um, it's simple. It's just, it's a simple apple. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the effort. I, I do. I appreciate the effort to help promote healthy eating habits with today's youth, especially um, Halloween, generally an unhealthy event, given all the candy. I get it. That's cool. But to anyone who's giving an apple to myself or the kids, like let, let, let myself or the parents deal with the healthy aspect. That, that's our job. Don't, don't be that guy or gal. It's, it's, it's almost a, anti-Halloween. It's, it absolutely is anti-Halloween. I mean, it, you're basically being a Halloween communist. Yeah, it's Keep kind of like apple. an FU to the whole holiday. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll take the – even Sundance will take the Three Musketeers before you take your apple, okay? I, I can get apples at the local grocery, all right? I, there are no supply chain issues with apples, believe it or not. 
no problem. I'll get my own apple. Uh, apple number four, worst Halloween trick or treat holdout. What's your number four, Sundance? Uh, glad to know that this whole supply chain uh, issue across the country—it doesn't is extend not, to produce like that. Mass-produced produce. I've got apples produce. growing in my back door. I, I mean, they're growing in my pool. I, I, you can you can get apples. Uh, my number four was pennies. Um, you know, there is nothing like the sound of. 17 pennies hitting the bottom of your pillowcase uh, with a bunch of candy in there. You're almost thinking to yourself, do I take the time to dig out these 17 pennies and throw them back at this house <laughs> when I get down the driveway? Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's rude. It's condescending. Yes. It's not even like like half dollars, like the old JFK half dollars. Remember those? Um, those might have even been a whole dollar, actually. Um, it's not quarters. I mean, quarters, you, you listen, you were getting good stuff at the gumball machines when you had quarters. Dimes add up. I, I'm good with dimes. Nickels look bigger than, than dimes. So as a kid, you're stupid. You don't realize it. You're pretty good with, with nickels. But a penny is so demeaning and insulting. You're, you're uh, going to give me the form of currency that the that, that the government has <laughs> talked about getting rid of for how many years now? So you figure that's a cue. I'm going to get rid of my pennies too. Here you go. Thanks, pal. Yeah. Terrible. Number Don't four. mind me as you're getting the bird as I walk away from your house. That's right. my number four. Pennies. Pennies. Number four. I like it. <laughs> I, I love that one. Something else. What's your number three? Timely that I take a sip as I need it. Um, my number three. Is it Big Low Tea? Uh, no, this is uh, a, a different brand. It's an old English tea, as a matter of fact. Uh, I support the colonists. I support the revolution. I do not support the redcoats. Um, I digress. My number three is pretzels. Uh, those little purple and black bags of pretzels. Um, you know, again, you can see where Aquafina and Poland Springs really made their mark around the Halloween season growing up. They were just like, these stupid kids are going to be gasping for air. They're going to need some water. Um, there is nothing Salty worse water. Yeah. than uh, pretzels. They're dry. They're boring. Uh, there's a reason why it's really the only food served in bars in 1982. Uh, it's because they're cheap and gross. It just made you thirsty. My number three, pretzels. Yeah, and like you say, it's, it's, it's also insulting and condescending how they think because they jazz it up in the festive packaging mm, that you're going to yeah. dig that. Oh, yeah. look, it's special Halloween yeah. pretzels. No, they still suck. <laughs> All right. My number three. Um, this I'm going a little more traditional in terms of the, the candy edible um, okay. around here, but yeah. it, it's actually going to be good in plenties. Uh, good in plenty. Oh. I'm, I'm going to tell you, the marketing department for good in plenty, they got it half right. They got a half right because there's always plenty in that box. Um, because that, that box, unlike most other candy boxes, let's say Mike and Ike's or any of these other boxes, you could shake them around. You hear them rustling around because it's, it's three cores full of air. The good and plenties, they suck. So they pack that box full. So they're bursting out when you open it up. Uh, they're not good. They're basically black licorice with coating. Um, you know what? Even the plant, even the, like, the, the plant that manufactures them and makes them, they're stuffing these boxes full of good and plenties. 
just to get them out of the, the, the plant because they can't stand them either. They're god-awful. I don't know how they're still around. Good and plenty, uh, number three. All right, so you can see it's listening anger and I can feel a bubbling. So it's gonna take me, unfortunately, it's my number two, which is actually gonna set me um, up even more off the deep end. I love good and plenty, by the way. Do you? But keep going. I oh. do. I love good and plenty. Such a little wow. rascal. I hope you're insulted. You can follow this one under the uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers <laughs> file, like last week. So, number two, uh, you know what? It has its place. It's an American icon in itself. We all know it. We grew up with it. It's just not appropriate for Halloween. Um, it usually comes fittingly at one of the last houses on your or the kids route towards the end as you're winding down. This will usually be the house that you get this from. They, they you walk up, they take it, they, they drop it in, in the bag, um, crushing kind of like the pennies but worse crushing everything you had in there you know and you walk away saying hey thanks i didn't really want those smarties anyway it's a can of campbell's freaking soup god help me the people that think this is cool and funny or unique or whatever soup at halloween really get the hell out of here that's that's it like you are just like they, and they just plop it in there. You, it ruins your bag. It's just, it's, no one's going to eat it. Like, you, it turns around and goes back to the food drive the next day at school. So, Campbell's soup, usually chicken noodle. Um, also, you know, great for if you're sick, but they just assume these kids are going to be sick because they're walking around in, in the rain or the cold or whatever and they're trick or treating and you're helping them out. You're not helping anybody. Keep your damn soup. Campbell's soup, number two. Sundance, what's your number two? Wow, I don't think I ever got a can of Campbell's soup. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what I did get, you know, in terms of staples that people are just really getting rid of. Um, I mean, just turn the lights off and, and lock the door. And just don't pop. Don't participate. Just don't be there. <laughs> I can see your TV through the window, but I get the hint. We'll move on to the next house. I respect that, that you didn't bother buying something of no. Cool. Don't give me what's left over in your cupboard. Right. So my number two um, kind of comes out sometimes at Christmas in the stocking, uh, but it, it, it had its time at Halloween as well. Don't and I am talking about oh good old fashioned popcorn balls. Okay. Yeah, the popcorn right. balls. Yeah. Um, All right. Crunchy. Could break a tooth on them. Yeah, because they're stale at that point. Right? No, they're stale. Yeah, they're and they've been glued right together with something that's probably not stale. good or edible for you. They are stale right out of the factory. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't even one of those Halloween cast-off candies or treats that you could put aside, you know, a, a few days after Halloween when mom was making a really crappy dinner and you were just like, I'm not eating dinner tonight. I'll just eat my Halloween candy. You, you looked at the popcorn ball and saw it, rolled it to the side and moved on to your bit of honey. Um, I'd rather eat Necco wafers, which is also, <laughs> didn't make my top five in the top 10. Um, bit of a hint there. Number yeah. two, popcorn balls. Popcorn ball, that actually made number 11 on my list. And going back to the pretzels earlier, that was actually number seven. So that was, that was close. All right, Is that uh, that brings us to your number one. My number, number one worst 
Halloween trick or treat candy handout Sundance. What do you got? Make it good. This one, this one's got to count. <clears throat> so you stole my thunder earlier. It, it is the apple. Um, for I, all of the reasons that you mentioned, uh, it is my number one. Cycle back. Let's go through them again because they're, they're, they're valid and warranted. And they need to, they need to be needs to be put out in the universe. Yes. Treat. It's not a candy. It's not even masquerading as a candy. Um, yet it is edible. So part of you as a kid feels badly throwing it away. At the same time, it has good volume. It has good weight to it. And so it's one of those things that you pick out of your pillowcase on your way home from trick-or-treating and you just chuck it as far as you can in the opposite direction. Um, my number one, apples. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. Um, all right, so my number one, and I'm realizing as I'm going through these now in the moment that a lot of these terrible, terrible gifts that were bestowed upon uh, myself, apparently, as a child is is indicative of the types of Halloweens I had and that maybe I should have just moved to a new neighborhood. So my number one, and I'm going to go out and say, you have not experienced this. Otherwise, it probably would have shown up in your top five. I have um, more than once, and it really, really set me off and sets me off thinking about it now. So, again, PSA, I'm flat out going to say I'm off the deep end with this one. What the is wrong with you people who are out there giving books of coupons to children on Halloween? Okay? It's Halloween. Don't be an asshole. Okay? I can tell you on more than one occasion as a child, uh, I would go, and not in the same house. You walk up and they throw this book of coupons in there thinking they're doing you a favor. Usually McDonald's, right? Usually McDonald's because this is back in the day. Sometimes friendlies. Sometimes friendlies. Friendlies as well. And this is back in the day before McDonald's had their numbered meals, like the number one, the number two. And they just had like the Big Mac, the fry, medium fountain drink for $4. You get like that coupon, the quarter pounder meal for four fifty, you know, whatever. You get those coupons. Hey, that's great. But guess what? This is nothing for me right now. I'm hungry now, you f***. So, number one, book of coupons. Keep that shit to yourself. Don't ever give it out to kids. You're asking to get tea, Peter or eggs in your house. That's it. All right. So I may have gone a little off the deep end, like I figured with that one, but it, it really, again, elicits uh, strong feelings of anger when I realize some of the stuff that I got as a kid and I've seen my kids get. All right, so that's that. Uh, that wraps up our show. Uh, so next week, uh, what we alluded to earlier, we wish aiming to have maybe a socks uh, season wrap up. Um, we kind of reflect a little bit on the on the year uh, going into the off season. We're going to start some Celtics Bruins coverage potentially next week as well. Yep. We're going to talk a little more Pats coming off this game against the Chargers. A lot more. We'll see which way that goes, right? And they're going to be going into a game with Carolina the week after, so there's going to be a lot to talk about there. Another fancy segment, uh, some more NFL picks. And next week, I think the plan is, as of now, without another audible, we're going to go top five 90s rap hip-hop tracks, um, which is going to be all over the place. So that said, before we take off, again, anyone watching us on YouTube, please like, subscribe, turn notifications on so you never miss a show. 
Um, if you're listening to the audio, please rate and review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at two. Sunday, it's two, right? Not peace, two. Number two, Padres Pod. We're also on Facebook, Dose Padres Podcast. Find us, hit us up there. Uh, again, as we always say, it's part of our world takeover. We just want you to come along for the ride. I'm Major J. That guy right there. Sundance Kid. Field goal is good. Nick Folk, the New England Patriots take down the Chargers. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. We're the Dos Padres. Asa Tus Sueños. We 